Hey there, everyone. My name is Emil, and you're listening to another episode of Emil in the Morning at Night. Man, I never thought having a proper body clock would be this detrimental to my life. I've been sleeping and waking up like a normal human being this past week, and it's been absolutely destroying my entire workflow and how I get things done. Anyways, if you're listening to this, that means I somehow managed to finish editing this episode, and that's a good thing, I guess. Alright, that's mostly been my week, really, falling asleep right when I get home and waking up at 5am like a proper person. Man, I have no idea how people survive like this. Working at night really is my thing, so I hope I get either used to this or I snap back to my usual quote-unquote normal body clock. Okay, as far as cool video game news goes this week, the recent Nintendo Direct announced that Cloud Strife from FF7 is joining the roster for Super Smash Bros. Kind of mind-blowing news considering it's a Nintendo game. Um, I still haven't gotten around to buying Undertale, but I have gotten around to beating the first heroic wing of the new Hearthstone expansion, League of Explorers. Okay, that's it for my week, so let's get down to this week's episode, yeah? This week, I talk with painter, illustrator, and writer Isa Francisco. She's also one of my old guildmates back from the World of Warcraft days. We catch up and get to talking about her craft and the local art scene. We also spent a gigantic chunk of time reminiscing and being nostalgic about old video games. So if you guys enjoy stuff like this, I'll be bringing you conversations about life and video games every week. Alright, let's get down to this week's episode, yeah? Here's A Meal in the Morning at Night, episode 15, with Iso Francisco. <laughs> like I'm interviewing you. I've been recording any of us. So um let's start, man? Uh, sure. Welcome to another episode of A Meal in the Morning at Night, where I talk to interesting people over a cup of coffee at night. And tonight with us today is Iso Francisco. Um What's up? <laughs> uh, this is really weird for me right now because like we're doing a really jack gorilla podcast right now and like I don't know how to feel about this but Iso seems to be pretty comfortable about it and like let's just try to get used to the whole like talking properly in this room. <laughs> okay, okay. Hi Iso. Um, so for the listeners out there, um, who is Iso? That's really hard to answer. <laughs> Give me a few hours. <laughs> okay, so as far as I know, like you're Iso, you're a painter, you're an illustrator, you're a writer. Back when I met you, um, actually, hmm, when did we meet? This was for a Maiden Butler Cafe. Oh, right, Back right. in Ateneo. Like, we met when I joined Dokisaten. Yeah. Yeah, and they used me for the poster of Shizen. <laughs> you and me, right? Yeah. You and me and Karen. Yeah. Holy crap, yeah. man. How long ago was that? That was uh, like... 2009. Six years ago. Okay. That was mid-2009. That makes me feel kind of old. Oh my god, <laughs> holy crap. So we met back then, and like, we kind of went through a lot with that whole Doki thing, and like, everything, really. I mean, like, we used to hang out a lot. Lagging sa chocolate, Ateneo, things like that. And I miss that cafe. Pero, as a person, I don't think we got to the point now, I know everything about you, and that kind of shit. The thing I most know about you is that you're a painter right now, yes. right? Um, can you tell us more about that? Yeah, I feel like this is a huge leap between when we first met and where I am now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm getting that same feeling too. Like, I feel like we both went on like this crossroads and we're like way far off from where we started. Yeah, right now I'm busy doing exhibits, mostly for paintings. I also do drawings, also for gallery shows and some clients. And I've been getting a couple of commissions for digital illustration. So yeah, that's kind of different from when we used to hang out. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, back when we used to hang out, it was mostly fun stuff, right? It was mostly fun stuff with the Maiden Butler Cafe, fun stuff with like all these events we used to do. And probably the first time I saw you doing an exhibit was at LRI, right? Yeah, that was the first show. Oh, wait a minute. You were telling me off mic a while ago that you got into the whole painting thing because of that show. Yeah. But like, I didn't know that that was your first. So before that gallery at LRI, where were you when it came to like painting, things like that? Well, before that, I was doing graphic design. I still do. Also, copywriting. And then one of our friends, Maku, mm -hmm. invited me to a group show in LRI. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I never thought of, you know, going into galleries, exhibiting, because I thought it was for classically trained artists. For oh, people okay. who went into art school, for people who spend years studying under a master mm -hmm. of sorts. So when she invited me, I'm like, uh, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> so before that, all I did was a bunch of Tumblr shit. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of Tumblr shit. Oh, come on, man. That's kind of like where a lot of people start out these yeah. days. Come on. Uh -huh. so, well, I'm not sure these so, days. Maybe back in our day, right? I, I know a bunch of artists who still started out on Tumblr. Oh, really? So it's so still a thing? Great, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's good. That's it, good for the a, local it's art It's a great team. platform. Mm -hmm. Also, DeviantArt. Like, is DeviantArt still alive? It's still going strong as far as I know. I know they rebranded like recently or was that a long time ago already? I have no time of reference. Frame of reference. Time of reference. Anyways, yeah? Uh, So, yeah. Uh, so I started with digital illustrations, uh, mm -hmm. paintings, and then people were asking me, hey, when are you gonna transition to traditional stuff? Because that's when I realized that in our local scene, we're still, uh, we still value traditional work mm -hmm. far For sure. more than digital stuff. So when my Mac broke down, they were like, hooray, now I can transfer to the olden ways. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I started with oil. This was back in 2012. 2012, huh? Yeah. All right. So I did oil for Manila Art on that year. Yeah, and then after that, graphite, charcoal, I tried acrylic, it didn't like me very much. So yeah, uh, ever since I've been doing a bunch of group shows, had my solo show last 2014 at Vinyl on Vinyl, and I'm going to have another solo show next year. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> oh man, like back when we used to hang out and stuff, like I'd see you do your art and shit, and I'm like really glad that it's panning out for you in this way. Like I'm not sure where you are at personally in your life right now and what you think of your own work but for me since we've been friends like quite a long time already like I'm just happy to see you like doing what you do man I had no idea it was gonna go somewhere because uh, <laughs> when I took up my course in Atene it was humanities it was humanities most, I didn't know that it was mostly literature okay it was mostly literature and there was basically two arts courses yeah so I thought my two options after graduating were librarian or taxi driver <laughs> and then after graduation I'm like, oh, I want to get into design. So I took up a class in graphic design and Photoshop in design illustrator and then Samsung my old company asked me if I could do copywriting so from graphic design to copywriting then out of the blue someone invited me to do exhibiting you know like um I don't want to get on any like stupid tangents because usually I get on stupid tangents because I'm me but like what is a copywriter like maybe to our like other types of listeners who aren't exactly working yet they might have no idea about these kind of things I'm a grown man and I still don't know what a copywriter is what is that 
Well, you know what? When they first asked me if I could do copywriting, my answer was, well, I watched Mad Men. Does that count? <laughs> and they're like, okay, here's a campaign. Write about it. And okay. they seem to like it, so that's when I started. Ah, okay. I think it's basically encapsulating what you're selling into a message that will reach out to the audience, that will give them a benefit. How do you package your company, your product, how you want to sell it, or how do you convert it into profit okay. and yet make it meaningful? Like make it Meaningful for the audience, meaningful yeah. for anyone that's reading this right now? Yeah. yeah, make it attractive enough for them to get it. Okay, okay. That's... But in a, like, usually just a line or a tagline, a headline. Oh or man, a yeah. That's actually pretty tough. I mean, yeah. like, not everyone can, like, be as succinct with their words as, you know, some other people can. Things fly over my head, like, all the time. And, like, I hear a lot of my friends are, like, copywriters and things like that, but it never really occurred to me that I don't know what that means. <laughs> and, like, so thank you for enlightening me on I'm that. I'm sorry to the legit copywriters out there, but that's how I see it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, shit. Well, anyways, so far we've talked about your recent work, what you've worked on, like, how you got started with that kind of shit. But, like, I kind of want to get to know you more a bit. I always say oh, this no. on the show, and, like, I always end up just asking guests about what they're into, stuff like that. But, like, we've known each other for quite a long time, so, like, I already know stuff about you, but for the benefit of the listeners, like, how did you get into art? Was art always, like, this thing for you that you like? Um, was it just a hobby? Was it something that you were into already? Um, I was told back then, uh, I started drawing as early as one year old. I started <laughs> really? out drawing the Virgin Mary, mm. my biblical characters. Really? Yeah, you know, just really stupid scribbles. Okay, that I was thinking, that's some pretty heavy stuff for like a one-year-old, yeah? <laughs> and then transitioned into like a couple of Disney princesses and then Dragon Ball Z. Pretty big yeah, jump. Went... I love your roadmap of things. <laughs> Virgin Mary, Disney princesses, Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Alright. There, there were stuff in between. But <laughs> oh, okay, 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 okay. Or... So like, even back when you were a kid, you were already into art. Was it like a consistent thing in your life or was it like something that you'd have on the side? I wouldn't know if, uh, you know, I could call it art with a capital A. I just thought, hey, this is something that's a reflex for me. I, I'm not doing anything, this is what I do. And then I got dragged into an oil painting workshop. An back oil painting in workshop, alright. 1999, I think. Yeah. Okay. So that was my first and only foray into oil painting. Only because, you know, they. they bribed me with Minute Burgers Burgeritos. Oh shit, wait, I know this story. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so whenever I'd finish an R session, they'd give me six Burgeritos and then devour <laughs> them afterwards. So that's my reward. Like, so back when you were a kid, you entered this oil painting workshop and as a reward, after every session, they would give you mini burgers. Yeah. And that's what got you into painting? Yeah, so I finished the banana painting after wait, is what, this like 30 an... Burgeritos. <laughs> wait a minute. That was my, that was my count. Banana painting, like literally a painting of a banana. Yeah. Okay, I thought it was some like art term that I didn't understand. It was not a painting on a banana, it was a painting of a banana in okay. canvas. A painting of a banana took you like 30 burgers, yeah? Yeah. And when, you know, Minute Burger <laughs> faced out burgeritos, eventually I got so mad I didn't paint again <laughs> until 2012. <laughs> Holy shit, that's pretty interesting. So like, as a kid, you got into painting because of not really your interest in oil paints, but your interest in burger <laughs> I was wondering why I didn't paint the burgers instead. <laughs> I don't even remember the name of that awesome teacher at that time. I just remember the burgers. <laughs> 
Holy crap. Sorry, sir. Yo, for a painter, that's a pretty cool origin story, you know? Because usually some people like have this point in their lives where they realize they can express themselves through art. You had burgers. Or, you know, you had parents <laughs> as painters. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's that too. There's that. Actually, speaking of, was art something that was very much encouraged with you? I mean, you attended this workshop. Yeah, but after that, they didn't want me to go into fine arts courses because they thought it wouldn't be practical in the future. I mean, yeah. yeah. I guess that's a pretty usual mindset when it comes to art. Now, it's hard to get a job. It's yeah. not sustainable. What are your views on that, actually? Um, I'm not sure about before, but nowadays, it's thriving. Yeah, well, art yeah. Art scene is thriving. I know local artists who earn more than most office employees. A bunch of politicians and celebrities now collect art because they see big investment in it. Because mm -hmm. they, they want to spend it on somewhere else other than um, real estate. They see the value than, yeah. these days. Yeah, for sure. Too many condos now. As well collect art. <laughs> <laughs> you brought up an interesting point earlier that you think we understand the traditional type of art a bit more than the digital, right? Yeah. They still see it as uh, more valuable in the long term. Especially yeah. oil, since if you do it well, it lasts longer than you. It lasts longer than most skin. Mm -hmm. It will last for hundreds of years if you treat it right. That's actually <laughs> something I've never thought about. So it's a good investment. Mm -hmm. So unlike condos wherein, you know, things will fall apart eventually. Yeah. If you keep your painting well it, enough it's going to be there and it, you can sell it as heirloom yeah <laughs> completely and like I don't think I've ever thought about it that we identify slightly better with the traditional form of art like an actual framed canvas and it's so much harder to like associate value with the digital work as far as the traditional sense is concerned because we're used to seeing paintings in galleries we're used to seeing these paintings with like exorbitant prices on them from famous artists and shit like that and like here is like a digital artist who's having so much trouble getting paid for a job, right? You know what's sad? Because yeah. I, I know people, including my boyfriend, who would have exhibitions at Amsterdam, Europe, London, New York, for okay. their digital works. And they sell far more than my paintings sell right now. Oh yeah? And yet, they can't exhibit here. Because whenever they would show their works, gallery owners would say, this is really nice. I know how big your following is. But, but it's digital. It's not going to sell here. Really? Yeah. But times are changing because I still managed to sell digital works before but clients would still tell me afterward hey this is great can you do this in oil too so as far as the <laughs> as far as the environment here is concerned they're still transitioning to yeah. they're thinking about it especially owners uh -huh. uh, gallery owners I see them appreciating it they're just okay. thinking it won't sell right now but we're open to this so you know it just takes a little more push but still a more receptive environment than probably a few years ago Okay. Yeah, the fact that I was able to sell digital works before at a legit gallery still speaks a lot. Considering I was new, I knew nothing about, you know, the politics of it all. And clients still thought, hey, this is creepy. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's super interesting. Like, as usual, what always happens on the show is like, I end up saying, I've never quite heard it put in that manner. I, <laughs> I say that way too much. But like, saying it again, I've never quite heard it put in that manner that the traditional side and the digital side they're very different as far as what the general populace thinks about it. I think I, it's because they think digital, I mean, they don't usually say it, but I think they have this perception that digital is easier to do than traditional and yeah, that yeah. it's easier to copy, it's easier to reprint, but you know, they're not usually familiar with limited edition, prints versus originals, reproductions. You know, the way I see it actually, when I started painting in oil again or drawing, I thought, <laughs> hey, this is actually easier to do than digital. Yeah, these are 
our perceptions we want to address. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and like, I think we're addressing now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, change is a slow process, but I think we're getting there. Do you think it has anything to do with, like, um, you know how we usually associate value with expiration? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, like, when something is in limited supply or when something is easily destroyed or, like, when something might go away, suddenly the value skyrockets. Yeah. Do you think that has anything to do with our perception that traditional art being more attractive to the art scene? It makes sense. In the same way that if an artist is dead, the yeah, the yeah, yeah, the exactly. At least triple in value. You know, that's the, <laughs> for me, like, that's the saddest thing about art and, like, artists. Why is it that when they're dead, that's when you show the most monetary appreciation for their work, yeah? I think it's because that's sadly the only time you start thinking about, you know, their body of the, work, their, their life, what their they went through. Life uh -huh. and how they put it into their works because uh -huh. there's already an ending it's okay <laughs> i am horrible i didn't put my phone on silent anyways yeah because you know we tend to create a story out of someone and when there's an ending that's when it becomes a good story oh. same with a book so that's when you start thinking oh this is why he did this this is why he did this this is why he started to go insane started talking to pigeons by the time he died oh so, man like i'm gonna say it again but i've never heard it put quite in that manner like that when someone dies that's the ending of it, the story. It, it becomes a good story afterward. It completes and, and, the story. And that's when it starts to make sense. Because usually it doesn't make sense until yeah. it's gone. I think for everyone, like while we're in the middle of our lives, we don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Right, 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 completely. Huh. I'm learning a lot about the art industry so far talking to you. And I'm learning a lot about how the perception of art here is locally. But what about your other interests? What about other stuff you're into? I mean, like you're into art, you're into painting. What do you do on your free time actually? Um, uh, like, I play uh, video games. Yeah. Uh, okay, perfect. Uh, this is a podcast about <laughs> video games. We talk about video games a lot here. Yeah. I was more into it before when I had stable internet and I wasn't painting. But now that, <laughs> you know, I kind of prioritize buying art materials, uh -huh. painting, doing it after work. So I started just going into PC games. But before, there was World of Warcraft. Yeah. yeah. Actually, you were my guildmate in yeah. World of Warcraft. I cost a lot of wipes. I remember back then, Rick would get so upset when... <laughs> When, when you wouldn't remove ice block from your hot bar and ice howl would just destroy us all. Yeah, but yeah. you know what's sad? That's yeah. what I realized right before my account got hacked. Oh shit, good. your account got hacked too? Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. I was a pretty good shaman healer. Oh no, sorry. Druid healer. Druid Cause, healer. Because right. that was a good spec before. I'm not sure now because it kept changing yeah, 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 yeah. back then. And then that's when I realized, hey, this is pretty good. This may be actually more my speed. And then... I mostly know you for the mage. Yeah. yeah I mostly know you for your troll. For the DPS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The DPS and the ice blocks. Mostly the ice blocks. <laughs> That's what I remember a lot. Like doing um, the Argent tournament and then Ice Howl will be in the middle. And then it just says there, Ice Howl stares at you. We're like, Iso, don't press. Oh, she's already an ice block. <laughs> I remember the Lich King. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you remember that one time we tried to raid Ice Crown Citadel? Yes. And like Joe was our healer. And we were having such a hard time and we were wondering why. And then like by the end of it, we figured out that Joe was wearing her PvP armor <laughs> while healing us. Oh my god, the resilience for healing power, good god. Anyways, this is probably flying over the heads of anyone who didn't play WoW. <laughs> we'll take it easy on the WoW. Okay, so that's actually my experience when it comes to gaming with you. That's what I know you were into. I mean, yeah. like, back when I met you and back when we were, like, hanging out a lot, like, we would play World of Warcraft a lot. We would raid a lot. Yeah, but before that, we even did Left 4 Dead and Team Fortress. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We would have, like, gigantic sessions of Team Fortress 2 yeah. and, like, all sorts of shit in internet cafes. Are those still a thing, by the way? Um, sadly, no. Because I know people who play Dota, but no longer in internet cafe. 
Japanese. Yes, I mean, they like, have better equipment at home. Because back in our day, like the thing was to go to an internet cafe, yeah. talaga, and like we would bring like twelve people, twenty people, and just yeah. like have massive ten on ten, six on six matches. Shit That's like why that. it's better to do versus on Left 4 Dead than you know the normal campaign. Yeah, because we would always have too many people, right? Yeah. Oh man. Fun to be a tank. Okay, so like back when we used to hang out a lot, we used to play a lot of World of Warcraft. We would have tons of wipes, Onyxia wipes, shit like that. Like <laughs> That's mon- why my cat's name is Onyxia. Oh yeah, yeah. right, right, right. Your cat's name is Onyxia. Like yeah. after we'd kill the boss and you guys were looking through the loot, Mon and I would like jump into the whelps, release all the whelps, and <laughs> lahat ng taong mumurahin kami. It's like tang inan yo, yeah. hindi pa namin na loot yung body ng boss. You ano still ba? owe us gold for the armor <laughs> fixes, by the way. All the armor repairs. Yeah, yeah. I remember everyone's just like, you owe me like six gold. You fuck you. But yeah, like that's my experience with you when it comes to gaming because that's what we were into. The Left 4 Dead, the World of Warcraft, the Team Fortress 2. But like back when you were younger, like did gaming influence you in any way? Was it a big thing for you growing up? Uh, I have two brothers. So we had console games as early as family computer. And you know, it wasn't that I was banned from gaming, but I was the only girl. So they thought my job is to study and then it's oh, their job to man. do whatever they want. Yeah. So they would play and I would watch and sometimes I would sketch the characters and then create my own characters based on you know the really cool costume designs and the weapons uh-huh. eventually I would even create like cool worlds in my head mm-hmm, like I would have mechanics yeah. like this element would function like this uh-huh, uh-huh, and then uh-huh. it would break down in this world so, stuff like that okay that's then, interesting you create your own design so yeah naging art na naman yung thing <laughs> I'm actually having like some sort of deja vu right now because like I recently talked about this on the podcast with like a recent guest of mine Miss Luna Cruz from Altitude Games she was actually one of my first female guests awesome. uh, female solo guest I think you're the second yeah and like um, we were talking about her childhood as well and like I'm just having some deja vu because you mentioned you have like two brothers and for you gaming wasn't really the thing they would uh, approve of approve yeah. of something like that and like that just gives me the deja vu we're in that age range of that when we grew up in Luna's words uh, gaming was a very male term yes and like it's nice that we're getting to a point where like gaming is a more really really inclusive world yeah our guild leader before was female yeah totally <laughs> when we switched servers yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 and the fun part is when they would discard games or get too lazy to my brothers when they get too lazy to finish a game I'd pick it up I'd get the leftovers oh yeah and the fun part is some of their leftovers were like Final Fantasy Tactics Kingdom Hearts okay really good so, leftovers yeah, goddamn Super Metroid <laughs> like, okay sure Final <laughs> Fantasy Tactics oh my yeah. god I love that game to death and I was really young when I picked it up so like I didn't pick up on all of the politics and the political messages and like all the cutthroat shit all I liked was like oh it's the nice tactical betrayals. combat <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah like I didn't pick up on the drama of like Ramza and Delita yeah. and like the adopted guy and man like growing up with these types of video games it blows my mind that like they were so deep but as a child of course everything flew over my head hell I mean as a grown man a lot of things fly over my head but in I was just so happy I could summon Bahamut <laughs> oh my god yes <laughs> and you know what I've never tried the what do you call this the super realistic games of today because when I saw it I'm like for some reason the flat the flat enemies were scarier yeah in, yeah yeah in my actually, time the super Nintendo version they were pretty detailed with the art yeah. when it came to that I mean the animations were limited but 
but they looked scary as fuck. Perfect example, Xenogears versus Xenosaga. Oh which man! Which had more death. The super blocky one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> the super blocky pixelated characters yeah. with the super polygonal robots or yeah. like the super nice 3D one. But you know, the fun part about games nowadays, killer soundtracks. Yes, the killer soundtracks so, yeah. are amazing. That, that's what I listen to when I paint actually because it really gets going. And even before back in college when you needed to study. Yeah, yeah. game soundtracks game are the soundtracks. best. Dude, like my iPod back then was just 90% game soundtracks. What like, was your favorite? Oh man, um, I listened so much to like the Chrono Trigger music. Chrono and, Cross. And, yeah, yeah, totally. And like mostly I would listen to the Xenogears soundtrack because that's my favorite game. So like when you mentioned Xenogears versus Xenosaga, you were hitting like a chord with me. Um, we wanted to cosplay Xenogears. Exactly, exactly. I was supposed to be Miang. You were, uh, I actually <laughs> pulled through with my Bart cosplay. <laughs> and no one else. And no one else followed. <laughs> I oh was waiting God. for the queue. Like, uh, oh man. <laughs> I was really annoyed, but because like I went to a convention in my Bart costume, and like a bunch of people were passing by me, and they were like, "Wait, it's Edward Elric? But the weird costume, yeah." Why is he tall? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, "Fuck! No one knows Xenogears, but gonna." I don't think you're qualified to cosplay Edward in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not short enough. Gonna yeah, buy. I think you drank too much milk. Oh come on! I'm pretty short for a guy, but I guess yeah, yeah. yeah Edward's he was supposed still to be kind of puny. <laughs> yeah, and we wanted to do Legend of Dragoon. Still my favorite game of all time. Still doesn't Legend. have a sequel. Did you hear um, that somebody is currently running this petition online? They're petitioning for Sony to do a full remake of Legend of Dragoon. That's good. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and also completely. the older games. Because you know what? Up until now, I'm still downloading the old games. <laughs> yeah. I can't get into the new games. First of all, I only have my Mac. So yep. there's Bootcamp. Yep. As much as I want to get a console, there's no place to put in it. My room is full of canvases. Yep. So, I mean, yeah. that's why we're not there right now. Because you have tons of painting crying. <laughs> I don't want to like accidentally step in a painting. Yeah, my cat's bad enough. She just scratched one of the wet paintings. Oh man. So yeah, so I've been downloading Super Mario World <laughs> 3. Yeah, Super Metroid, Xenogears again. Oh, I want to replay Xenogears so It's bad. good that there's emulators on the internet. Thank you. I mean, like it still holds up, right? Yeah, it's still pretty good. Actually, it's a lot better now since accessible to Mac and to uh, mobile phones. Yeah, like my friend George was playing Front Mission 3 on his cell phone and yeah. I was like oh man Holy crap. it just blows my mind that before in order to play Front Mission 3 I had to plug in and turn on this gigantic gray box Yeah. and now he's playing it on his phone and then you know just praying for that weird noise in the opening yeah, yeah, yeah. and then and if it doesn't pull through I'm like shit I have to reset it I have to rattle the machine <laughs> I have to clean the optical drive yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> oh my god we're reminiscing a lot right now We're. I think this happens a lot I think we're slightly showing our age, but like <laughs> back then, <laughs> yeah, back then games were amazing. And like you were hitting a chord with the Xenogears Xenosaga thing for me because I had such fond memories of Xenogears. And a lot of people don't know actually that Xenogears was supposed to be part of like this anthology. Yeah. The, like at the very end of Xenogears, okay, um, this is like what, um, more than ten year old spoilers. So sorry guys, but <laughs> at the end of Xenogears, like you actually get this text that says Xenogears episode six. Yeah. And then you're like, wait, episode six where's the rest and they were planning on making it like a full anthology of games but like the funding never pulled through i mean that's why disc two is such shit right yeah and, and that's why it's kind of pretty long i think they just jammed the whole thing into it yeah, and yeah, hoped yeah, for yeah. the best they're probably like budget constraints at the end yeah. of it that's why they tried to create a prequel which you know it was more
more fan servicey. Yeah. And it had depth, but you know, you could still play the old game or you could still play the new game and I actually prefer enjoy the separately. old game way better. Yeah. But like Xenosaga is good, but it ain't no Xenogears. You know? I, I, lo- I love their soundtracks though. Yeah, really, all the soundtracks. Especially are episode great. two. Okay, I think at this point we're now rambling. <laughs> we're now rambling about old video games and what we love about them and shit like that. But like so far, I think we've hit a lot of good points. We've hit your art so far, how you started, how <laughs> burgeritos <laughs> contributed to your knowledge of oil paints. And like now we've talked about the video games and shit like that. But for now, um, we are going to take a short break and right afterwards we will be back with Miss Iso Francisco here on a meal in the morning at night. BRB guys, just a short break. You're listening to a meal in the morning at night. Honestly, I don't have much to say here just yet, but if you have any ideas or if you would like me to talk about your stuff in this section, send us an email over at emilinthemorning at gmail.com. Now, I hope you guys are enjoying the show so far, so let's get right back to it. I think I'm gonna need to bring the mic a bit closer to you now. Just to you, not to me. <laughs> okay. Snap. So we're back. Um, you guys don't know this, but this is the the second time that we're back. Cause like the room we were using a while ago was suddenly filled with children to the brim, <laughs> and it was very noisy. Maybe I'll cut in a bit of that here, but I'm not sure. Okay. But anyways, welcome back to Emil in the morning at night. I'm here with Miss Isa Francisco, and what were we talking about earlier? Like we had like a nice walk before getting here. This is the first time like after a break that it was an actual long break for me. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So let's yeah. try to get back on track, Talaga. Okay, so when you got into art, like we were talking about all sorts of shit a while ago. We massively rambled on about the gaming shit. But like, I really want to get to know you. Like what I said earlier, we've known each other for like six years. And I think to a certain point, I've seen you evolve as an artist. Like even just from the sidelines. Like from my tangential knowledge based off what you post on your Facebook profile. I don't know how to say it, really. It's just that I can see that you're progressing really far into the path. But like, when you started out, you were invited to this random gallery thing at LRI, right? Yeah. So art was always a thing for you. I mean, you mentioned as a kid, you would doodle, you would draw the video game characters that your brothers played with. And eventually, you were influenced to get into oil paints by burgeritos. <laughs> okay, so with that in mind, when your friend, when Maku, right? Yeah. When Maku from Spider Silk invited you to have a group show at LRI, how did you feel about that? Because like, did you think that was going to be like a thing? Did you think that this was going to be something you do regularly? Well, when they first invited me, it started out as a thing between Mapu and I and then eventually into a group uh, okay. called Spider Silk Productions. So it was a fun thing at first. It was something we would meet over coffee and then we'd talk about, hey, this is what I want to show. Would it fit the works of the other person? So there were three of us and then became four. And yeah, the fun part was thinking about it, merging our ideas and styles and then, yeah. yeah we didn't even have styles at that time we just wanted hey I wanted a bleeding person yeah actually <laughs> uh, I wanted this naked person sewing a corset into herself mm-hmm. so yeah just really random stuff like that there, there wasn't really much of a vision but we went into it we created a really fancy show complete with props with metal with metal works mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even a fancy couch and cloth pieces I completely remember that yeah. like just as I said a while ago I was actually 10 gen 
tangentially part of it in a way that we did the hors d'oeuvres. Yeah. yeah. We did the hors d'oeuvres, we did the cocktails, and just seeing you guys do your art gallery stuff. Like me, I'm always like slightly sort of jealous in a way that I've never been like an artsy person. I've never been like one that's good with a pen and paper, good with a brush. But like I've always wanted to be, but like I just don't think I've ever had like the knack for it. You know what I mean? Okay, Donna's giving me some really bad stares right now to keep practicing <laughs> with my drawing and shit like that. But like, yeah, um, because me, I've always had a problem with like finding an outlet to express myself. But like, I think I found it now. Like, <laughs> be just talking to people. But like, I think I it's an art form. You know, it's an art form in a different way. It doesn't mean it's any less legitimate than what you see in color or you know, it's something that evokes the human experience and the human memory. Oh, so. thank you for saying that. That makes me feel nice inside. <laughs> but yeah, warm like, and fuzzy. <laughs> like what I was saying earlier. Like while I was observing you guys, it's just really nice to see like a group of people get together and do something they're passionate about you know what I mean yeah we never thought about converting it into profit or mm -hmm. you know something even long term we just wanted to do this project and then eventually hey let's do another project but mm -hmm. this time we got into an actual art gallery vinyl on vinyl mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then they were the ones who had to tell us hey this could be this could be a thing yeah this could be something that you could do for the rest of your life okay if only you could do like they were telling us to you know shape up, be more serious about oh, it. Oh man, yeah. Don't think of it as a hangout. Think of it as something that you will really, really consider. I mean, that's a daunting statement to be told now. This could be something you're doing for the rest yeah. of your life. Yeah. They even had to scare us because at scare uh, one, you? Yeah, at one point we submitted some of our works late, a couple of us, and then they had to, you know, put us in line that this is not cool. You are wasting okay. people's time. This is a professional task and you're blowing it. That's when we realized, hey, this is more than just a fun thing. I think that's something that a lot of younger artists or like younger people in general tend to not appreciate that kind of sharp tone that kind of very frank explanation that hey you're not supposed to be doing this that's not cool it's not cool to be late and like when you're young you look at that and you're like oh man stop being an asshole like I'm doing this thing I love and like you're being like a total buzzkill man or like okay I sound like an old fart right now <laughs> but like... I think this is the perk of us having experienced company jobs ah, all right. because you know we think about deadlines and then if we don't follow deadlines usually you know money is wasted especially you know in media companies a lot of money would be wasted otherwise I mean that's the thing I'm getting to like usually in the art community when you get that sort of snark that sort of like I wouldn't call it snark really I mean like it's just people being professional but like I don't think it's appreciated enough that these people tell you that because they want you to improve yeah but, but you know uh, mm -hmm. to their credit a lot of artists you know much younger than me actually have gotten into this way early and have taken it seriously from the very beginning. Okay, that's good so that's, to hear. So that's very good. The I... laid-back ones I know are actually the generation before me. Oh yeah? Yeah, because they're doing it because they have a vision and then they're executing it. Uh, there's no fixed deadline. It only finishes when their work is done. When they feel yeah. that it's finished. Okay. And usually it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, when it comes to like artists, I think my first experience with creating something was like when I wrote that book. We talked about it on the previous episode. I designed the game, I wrote a book and like I think that was the first time I've ever created anything and like for me I was like I don't think this is ever going to finish because you created that like you said the process is never finished and like you just have to know when to stop yourself yeah yeah and like just put that work out there for people to look at judge get their own experiences out of that work you know okay like I'm rambling <laughs> I'm rambling but like it's a good game you should, <laughs> you should ask Camille about it. oh man like I actually try my best not to mention it on the podcast because of like my own like 
like personal self-esteem issues when it comes to like <laughs> the game I created. I try my best to not mention Zag. I don't know why really. But it's a good, you know, I think this game came out before Cards Against Humanity. What game? My game? Yeah. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So it, I saw it as a prototype, even though you know both games are unrelated. Yeah, yeah. yeah but when it unrelated. came out, Cards Against Humanity, I'm like, hey, this sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds a bit like Zag. Yeah, yeah. It reminded you of that kind of shit. So yeah. So I hope you guys consider asking him about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on. Okay, okay, okay. Enough about me. Let's get back to Iso. Okay. <laughs> you mentioned something a while ago. Like my self-esteem is showing right now. But like, <laughs> um, you mentioned a while ago. One of the interesting things you said a while ago that you understand that kind of shit because you came from the corporate world and you understand the kind of office environment. You kind of understand the deadlines and to you, that wasn't new. That wasn't new that they were um, strict about deadlines and the professional side of the art industry was not this foreign thing to you. That's something I want to talk about actually because like you mentioned a while ago, you hold down a day job, you do this thing 9 to 5 and then after that, you focus on your art. So there's a full-time artist and there's like somebody who does it after the job. How is it for you? And what's your view on those two different types of like being an artist? Um, people sometimes I get reactions like, "Oh, that must be really hard," or "You work so hard." Yeah, I mean, like, you, when do you get you the time? You juggle two tasks, but you know, for me, I tried uh, setting aside time from work. I mean, I took time off work to just paint, and I couldn't because it turns out I needed to do something else. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, just to uh, refresh my brain, because you know, in the same way that if you needed ideas, you you had to walk around like physically move your body yeah, and, for then, me, it's and then your brain sparks ideas. Yeah, like for me, it's my smoke breaks or my showers. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. So I actually prefer having a job that sustains me for the most part and then afterwards, I go into painting. So, so like that, stability is very important to you. Yeah. I appreciate structure more and at the same time, I don't want to think about works that sell, works that would attract clients, works that would attract, you know, awards and stuff. I just wanted to do what I wanted to do regardless <laughs> of whether or not it sells. Okay, so a very self-sufficient model for you, yeah? Yeah. I have so much respect for full-timers because some of them deal with commissions with clients side by side with their works. And you can tell that, you know, sometimes they struggle with what they want versus uh, what What the clients want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even if, you know, the client wants this and then they're like, but it doesn't look good, but it's what they want. You know, <laughs> familiar right. with graphic design and companies, but it clashes with your own work. So that's kind of tricky. Mm-hmm. And that's something I try to avoid as much as possible unless um, there are commissions that tell me do whatever you want those are the fun stuff okay you mentioned just a while ago that you like having this day job because it allows you that break time from the creative process that's a very interesting take for me because a lot of people don't think of it that way a lot of people think of the day job as something that gets in the way of the things you're passionate about it's a very interesting view that you treat the job as something that breaks up the rhythm but at the same time keeps a rhythm you know what I mean that's a very good balance in my opinion that it adds structure to your life through like a rigid schedule but at the same time it breaks up the rhythm of the creative process introducing like this spontaneity when it comes to your ideas that's why most of my work nowadays are more content writing copywriting because before I started with graphic design okay then slowly I did scripts and then yeah eventually taglines blog entries social media marketing so it's very different from working with palette knives and brushes oh yeah 
yeah, that's so, interesting. So yeah. it probably, you know, activates a different side of my brain or some sort. Uh-huh. Although I think that's been disproven before the left and right <laughs> hemispheres. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Sorry, sorry, people. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, at the very least, I can tell that it's a refreshing activity. And when I do want to focus on my work, sometimes I take time off work and I ask the company, "Hey, can I take a break on this day?" Because I can still do it at home anyway, my day job. Huh. So yeah, that's the fun part. You sometimes you just have to let the company up front that hey this is what I really like to do on my spare time and sometimes that's what vacation leaves are for <laughs> I mean like as long as you communicate properly with the company I guess it should be no problem right but like a lot of people still like view I mean I guess before like we're part of the generation where our parents kept telling us not to go for something like that because it's not stable it's not like don't go for an art course what are you gonna do after you graduate right and like we're part of that generation but I guess nowadays do you think we've shifted from that do you think we've shifted from the whole art is not a course that you should be taking because it's not lucrative you know what the funny thing is i think a couple of years ago my parents attended a conference that convinced them that animation is a very lucrative industry right now yeah and then they suddenly told me hey you want to go into animation school <laughs> and i'm like that's still not what i want because it involves moving stuff yeah wait a minute <laughs> i do the paintings and shit that's really different yeah and they weren't you know they didn't really understand it until i started making actual income and what i noticed is that maybe you know it's just because they're not exposed to more of the artists but yeah, for sure. i know especially full-timers full-timers who work just as hard if not harder than nine to five employees because for them it's not a nine to five job yeah. sometimes they don't sleep and sometimes they wake up as early as possible to do errands yeah. like dealing with gallery politics dealing with their website sometimes even tell me i post around this time and then afterwards i create something then i have to post a few hours later so they have a structure of their own yeah, they have a schedule sure. of their own i've interviewed full-time artists that sleep at 6 a.m because yeah. they're talking to their clients across the sea like yeah. on the other side of the world and they're like body clocks are severely fucked up to the point that they wake up after lunch and check their email for like two hours or shit like that yeah yeah, yeah. or with visual artists like illustrators who can't stop like they have an idea and then they're focused on it and then they realize oh crap it's 4 a.m oh yeah so, yeah, yeah you know completely. so once they sit down they can't leave not even to go to the bathroom sometimes or to <laughs> eat and when you think about it most nine to five day jobs you don't really consume all those hours working me personally i consume the first four hours three to four hours working and then afterwards i'm done yeah. i'm done for the day because you know there's no other deadline coming in there's no other task coming in so i do something else yeah so, i'm sure a lot of people don't want to talk about that that yeah they're not actually consuming all their hours at work they consume most of their hours commuting that's just <laughs> so oh let's not get back into the <laughs> oh man complaining about the philippines again like that's a bad habit of mine here on the show i always complain about the problems of the philippines the slow internet the traffic yeah well those are valid concerns <laughs> yeah those yeah. are for sure for sure yeah. okay anyways so far we've covered how you started we've covered how you started <laughs> like we've covered like how you started as a kid and we've covered like how you actually broke into this scene with your friend just like inviting you to this gallery we've covered gaming we've covered all that sort of shit like the most interesting part for me so far is the burgeritos thing i really love that story (laughs) but anyways moving on from that now that we've talked about like everything in your past we've talked about how you got started as an artist and i think i've gotten to know you a bit more even though we've known each other for six years already what about the future where do you think you're going right now what is the path you're on right now and like are there any interesting projects you have in the future that you'd like to talk about stuff like that yeah that's the tricky part and also the fun 
part because before I had sort of a fixed plan I'd be a graphic designer then copywriter then art director then creative director oh okay and, like managers from different companies would tell me this is your career path so stick to that and then now when I got to the art director part then then I was invited to exhibits so after that I'm like hmm that would be nice but at the same time I want to do something else now so now most of the things are up in the air as we speak right now I'm just focused on doing better doing better work hopefully doing work that takes up a year like I want to try painting something that would take up an entire, an entire year, year and really? see what happens oh man that sounds super cool though yeah, 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 yeah. I want to see if my attention span can last that long <laughs> if your attention span can take it yeah, yeah for sure I mean some people can't stand doing something for just a week you hear about those 365 projects all the yeah. time but like painting an entire for what a uh, one piece for yeah, yeah, I want to yeah. see how that goes and sometimes when gallery owners would ask you before a show they would ask you what's your goal for this one okay. right is it to sell but usually I would just answer uh, I just want to create good work I just want a good show which is not always a good thing for practical <laughs> reasons but I just think about doing better than what I've done uh, previously the, yeah the past work because usually after I finish a piece I start hating it because I think I could have done better and that's when I do something else oh that's a usual thing for artists huh? that, that usually uh, I think turns out better and then I would hate it again and then I would proceed oh man yeah there's always this work. process of that and like I think that's what's most endearing about artists you know because like I really love talking to artists I really love hanging out with them because they bring with themselves like some of them don't even realize it themselves but they bring with themselves this forward momentum I mean sometimes it manifests itself as hate for your Safe. own work self-loathing self-loathing yeah, and that, stuff like that that's the drawback yeah <laughs> that is the drawback for sure but that kind of mentality always leads to like further improvement because when you think you're the best you're done when yeah, you you're think done. you've done enough then that's when you stop yeah that's when you stop when like oh no one's better than me what's the point in getting better but like a lot of artists come with this attitude na, oh man that work I did like yesterday oh that sucks so bad fuck I'm gonna do better next time yeah and like it's so nice seeing that kind of mentality but like I just wish like a lot more people would see this as a positive thing and like at the same time I wish a lot of artists would treat it as a positive thing instead of like drowning in like all of the all, <laughs> all the, the badness hate, yeah, the yeah, yeah 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 because <laughs> even I'm guilty of that even though I'm not like a traditional artist in a sense or things like that sometimes when I create something or like when I organize something or things like that I get that feeling that oh it's not good enough like that's why the artist term is so awkward for me even yeah, even actually. personally I, I try to avoid using that I just say I create stuff I paint stuff but artist that seems kind of vague nowadays no right? it's a very intimidating term when do you call yourself one is it because when you're working on a canvas why not people who work with rocks or people <laughs> who work with construction even that's creating something actually that makes so, a lot of sense so yeah. yeah even even the whole oh are you an artist I'm like <laughs> okay. Huh, now that you brought it up, that is really an interesting point. It's an awkward thing, but you know, I try to not embrace it so much as to accept it when people ask. Because it's easier to say than to say, hey, art is such a vague term, but and then they go, um, I just asked you one question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So usually I just say, I create stuff. 
do you think we need to be thinking about like how we define what an artist is? Because that's the interesting thing to me with the thing you said. Because we have like all these college courses, we have all these things, we have all these job titles. Yeah. But like if you're a doctor, there are certain things you need to be doing or certain things you need to have studied in order to become a doctor. If you're an engineer, there's a very specific skill set that comes with that. Yeah. But when you're an artist, it's very vague, don't you think? I mean, because an artist can be a painter, an artist can be a sculptor. An artist can be a musician. Yeah, exactly. An artist can be someone who has organized a show, for instance. Uh, I mean, it comes with a vision. Yeah, so how do you how do you define what an artist is? Have we come to that point wherein that there's so many endeavors out there that is dedicated to the creation of something that the term artist just kind of like falls short of what it's trying to describe? I, I don't think I'm qualified to define that term because um, <laughs> oh, I, I'm sure there are more qualified and learned people, especially <laughs> since, since I'm not technically trained in that field. Oh, and man. up until now, I still think of myself as, hey, I'm a newbie in a starter town trying to, you know, pick up stuff along the way, getting better, earning EXP. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I think that's the fun part of it. Maybe that's it. That's just, you know, wanting to constantly do better. Okay, that's interesting. Wanting oh. to constantly create things that hopefully evoke something. Do you have any, like, upcoming galleries, upcoming work? What are you doing right now? I mean, uh, like, one of the reasons we're actually doing this guerrilla recording right now is because your place is full of canvases that are drying. <laughs> yeah. Do you have, like, any interesting events coming up soon? Things like that? I think I'm done for the year. Really? So okay. now I'm preparing for next year. I have an upcoming solo either in June or July. We're still finalizing it and some group shows scattered throughout the year because we usually prepare shows before the end of the year for next year because slots usually fill up around November, December. Okay. That's how many artists there are and that's how sought-after art is in the Philippines. That's why, you know, it's outdated to say this is not selling or this is not profitable or this is not livable as a profession. Yeah, I don't have a lot of friends in the younger generation so I don't even know what the perspective is these days. I mean, because like when we were growing up, we mentioned this kanina pa na paulit-ulit na nga tayo na our parents would be like, oh, art might not be the best thing for a source of stability, a source of income, shit like that. But what do you think the perspective is nowadays? I mean, like, I don't even have an idea. I don't know with the generation before us, but the younger artists, artists so much younger than me, they seem a lot more passionate. They started a lot more early. They already have some sort of a goal. Mm -hmm. And they're already sought after by galleries. Some of them are already in Singapore, Hong Kong, Malaysia, Thailand, even in the US. They're already exhibiting everywhere. Oh, wow. So yeah. it's a very good future for us out there, especially for kids who are already thinking about going into drawing or painting. That's it's super cool, yeah. The future is so much brighter now. Or maybe it has always been a good future, but it's not just as exposed in the past. You know, I think this is one of the most positive interviews I've ever had. Because <laughs> usually we're like, we've gotten into the habit of dwelling on the dreary stuff, dwelling on the problems here in the society. And like, it's quite refreshing to hear someone who like has this positive outlook on the industry and has like that sort of view that we are progressing because that's always the idea I'm trying to push because a lot of people complain a lot of people complain on the internet a lot of people complain about oh it's bullshit that the situation is like this here it's bullshit that the situation is like that here don't but, get me wrong there's still a lot of things to be improved in our situation like yeah, there's for a example, lot of problems for sure yeah like for example privately there are politicians and celebrities supporting art 
artists. On the other hand, it's a lot better if the government itself would support, would support yeah, artists, yeah. you know, legally. Mm-hmm. And also, even our uh, general fees, general gallery prices in the Philippines are so low compared to other countries. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, they don't know that their value would skyrocket in another Country. country like Canada, like Singapore, and they would say this is so cheap. There's definitely a ton of room for growth. Yeah, because there's still the perception that when you start out, you start with a very low price in order to collect collectors, and then eventually every year you pick your price up like 10% higher and so on and so forth, or you increase it per solo show. So, you know, there's a fixed plan. On the other hand, there are artists like a lot younger who can already start out higher or competitively in terms of international Same with graphic design actually. Since we have so many graphic designers so talented in this country, our prices get lower and lower because it's competitive. Same with copywriters, same with social media managers because most of those social media accounts from different countries come from our Filipinos. Oh man, I didn't even (laughs) think about that. That supply and demand still factors in here. In a way, it's a challenge that there are so many good creatives in this country that we try to uh, stand out by offering lower prices. Which is Man. also not good for us. Yeah, that's not good for the industry. Because, yeah. you know, companies in turn don't value our work anymore. There's that weird balance you have to strike that you have to be competitive, but at the same time... You have to you, value your work. Yeah, you have to value your work. And if you don't value your work, it's not just detrimental to you. It's detrimental to the entire industry. Yeah. because In the same way that there's a grading curve in colleges, there's that pay curve that you, goes on in the country. You're affecting everyone's curve by yeah. like lowering your prices like that. Yeah. And like not just by the prices I mean you're affecting the entire perception of value of art I don't know man like I'd like to talk about this at length but we'd probably like (laughs) just like ramble on for a really long time but like I think we've captured the essence of what we're trying to say that we're actually in a really good place right now yeah and that the industry is moving forward a lot of people just don't realize that you know change is slow yeah but it's going up the way I see it is is going up Mm -hmm. because especially since you know so many young people are already going international you know it's so funny that older people are learning from younger people yeah actually (laughs) That's a super fun thing nowadays that a lot of the older generation, now that they're discovering the internet, now that they're discovering the boundless resource that is at our fingertips, they're getting into learning a lot of new crafts. They're getting into finding out about a lot of industries they didn't even know existed. You know what I mean? I mean, like, right now, there's not much of a podcast scene here right now in the Philippines. Like, this started out with me just wanting to talk to people because that's what I like to do. I like to talk to people. But then I find out that there are tons of people out out there who want more podcasts who want more things like that and like it just makes me happy you know that a lot of people are discovering more industries discovering more mediums discovering more ways of expressing themselves yes exactly and I think the podcast scene would really turn out well in the Philippines soon it's just that it's kind of hard aside from getting an iPhone it's not as accessible as we might like yeah but hopefully someday because you know we're the number one social media capital oh yeah so. yeah yeah <laughs> I mentioned that that so many times during my episodes and I mean like I've even had people who like own iPhones for the longest time they've owned iPhones for the longest time they've owned iPads and then they'd be like oh you do a podcast how do I listen and then I'm like wait a minute you have an iPhone right press that button you've never pressed before that says podcasts (laughs) even even before when I had no idea what a podcast was like technically I already listened to podcast channels but it all like abruptly cut short when my phone was stolen and I switched (laughs) to an 
Android, and then I never thought about podcasts again. Yeah, but it's a lot more convenient it so on con- Apple, right? Yeah, it's so convenient on Apple. I didn't think, you know, I'm listening to a podcast. It just so happens that hey, I'm learning stuff on this voice thingy That's while free. I'm commuting. Yeah, yeah completely. Because you know, bus lines are really long. That's another interesting question that I get all the time. It's like Macanian, and I'm like, it's free, man. It's just, free. just listen to it. Okay, now that we've rambled on about the art scene <laughs> in general, we've rambled on about the podcasting industry, things like that. I think we've touched on a lot of topics. We've covered a lot of ground. I mean, we rambled on about gaming, kanina pa, and like, <laughs> this is a podcast about video games, but I think at the end of the day, like what I say all the time, like conversations about life and video games every week, I really enjoy the talk about like video games and stuff, but I think what gets me all of the time, what inspires me to talk to you guys is like talking about life in general. I really like the perspective you guys give all the time. I think I'm rambling na naman. I think I'm getting on a weird, weird self-reflective tangent. Yeah, but I like, talk to you for, I can talk to you for an entire episode about the life that goes into video games. Because <laughs> that's that's each universe and then that's each universe from each person in the team pouring themselves into it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then for the sure. Lit, and then there's the literary aspect of it. There's the artistic aspect. Of, there's the cultural aspect of it. If podcasts didn't have a time limit, we'd go on and on. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, okay. Now that we've covered mostly, like, we've covered a ton. We've covered, like, how you started. We've covered what you're doing right now. We've covered the future. We've covered the current state of the industry. We've even covered video games. We've even covered, like, podcasting and, like, different forms of media and how society is moving forward in general. With that all said, okay, that was a lot. With that all said, is there anything you want to talk about specifically? Anything you want to bring up? I guess, because um, sometimes uh, I get asked by students, hey, how do I get into exhibits? I don't think I'm good enough or what happens when you get into an art blog, you know, uh, stuff like that, that it exposes their self-esteem a bit. And then I tell them, you know, just go for it. There are galleries who actually are open to newbies because mm-hmm. that's how I started. There's a gallery who trusted in us, you know, or at least were open to new blood mm-hmm. coming in and it turned out well for them, hopefully, and then it turned out well for us very much. So, <laughs> you know, just look out for those galleries that welcome fresh meat because <laughs> there are also galleries who only accept for practical reasons because rent is really high. Yeah. They, they only accept those that they know are gonna sell. And that's fine too. We understand that. Utility rates in the Philippines are really, really, really high. Yeah, bananas. Yeah, so, so just go for it. Or at the very least, just start doing your personal work for a while. Um, document it on yeah. your personal page. Sometimes it gets picked up. Have an online portfolio. Get yeah. exposure. I really like that they're talking about this because a lot of the time, younger artists, like younger people, or like even older people who've never given this kind of thing a shot, can get very intimidated by the prospect of breaking into the like any industry actually because there are fine art students before me that talked about going through four years like for example USD four years of technical drawing technical traditional training and then okay. afterwards got so burnt out they're not doing art anymore really they're not painting or drawing some of them went into call centers some of oh, them man. I mean I'm not you know looking down on call centers because that's oh, a yeah, really yeah, hard yeah, job yeah. as well it at is a really hard job at the same time it's just that you worked four years to get where you are only to get really tired or think that you're not good enough or you think that it's all technical so that's sad I like that you're bringing up that you shouldn't be afraid I think that's the biggest takeaway that a lot of people should take with them that they shouldn't be afraid of like putting themselves out there I mean it can be scary or the worst thing that can happen is you don't get picked up yeah and that doesn't mean you can't try again or that doesn't mean that you're not good it's just that the right people haven't seen you yet yeah exactly sometimes or you know it just so happens your art is not to everyone's taste and that's fine too because I know a lot of people who are 
are really good and they're not in it for the likes they're not in it for the following mm -hmm. they're just doing good work yeah exactly and yeah. then eventually they suddenly uh, got into a good gallery and then now they're exhibiting somewhere else huh that's something that I always like talking about I always like talking about like getting over the fear of like actually putting yourself out there because for me like when you're an artist when you create something like whether it be a painting whether it be um, a song whether it be like a podcast even yeah. like stuff like that whenever you put something out there it's like putting a piece of yourself out there for people to judge because when you create something it's like you're taking a piece of yourself and turning it into something because that's you, you or sometimes they would think it got less than 100 likes on this maybe it's not good yeah you I know mean, you, you shouldn't think that that that's your grade that mm -hmm. the likes are your grade sometimes it's just a matter of the time zone sometimes you know people haven't logged in or yeah. it's just not their taste or you know their computers broke down at that time yeah but, exactly you know, so there's a lot of factors that put into it but uh, one thing's for sure it doesn't say anything about the entirety of you you it, can do better or you can do something else it doesn't matter like whatever happens it's never super definitive of who you are yeah or who you can be yeah yeah okay that's super cool yeah. okay I really like the positive tone that we're getting here today because like I'm not used to this <laughs> really <laughs> yeah no no seriously because like usually on this show we end up like complaining a lot about the current state of the Philippines how are we ever gonna get out of the dreary situations we're in like that so it's very refreshing to have like a positive take on the industry a positive take on the local scene because usually when I start talking about the local scene the entire room starts to get a bit depressed you know what I mean so it's nice to hear the opinion that we are moving forward we are just like consistently improving and we're actually in a good place right now I think the only thing that's in progress should be the system other than that the people behind it the people doing it the people are great they're doing just fine <laughs> okay I think we've been babbling on for a really long time and that I wish we didn't have a time limit but before we wrap up though is there anything else you want to bring up like maybe about art like anything really about video games anything you want mm. I think sometimes people will say, sometimes I also think about it that, oh, I'm too old for this, or I wasn't technically trained for this, or I don't have the brain for this, for drawing or painting. Okay. Well, I have this uh, sort of a friend on Facebook, and he retired from advertising, so I think he's around 60. I'm sorry, sir, if you're not 60. <laughs> <laughs> but All right. yeah, and then he's like, oh, I'm retired now, what can I do? And then he started doing digital art, and he started selling prints at the Escolta market and he's doing really well. I think he's getting a bunch of collectors as we huh. speak. Okay. So there's never, you know, really a good or bad time to start. There's if you never a start, perfect time. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes you can go on a long hiatus and then start again. That's perfectly fine too. Huh, that's interesting. I've never thought of it on the other side. Like, if you've never started before, like, how does it feel to be like 60 and just picking up art? Huh, that's interesting. Like, I would love to hear the perspective of someone in those boots. He's a very jolly person. That helps. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, okay. what can I do? It's like, he wants to do something else. And the best part is he's having fun. Like, every day he documents, hey, I had a great time meeting this person who bought my art. Oh, that's then, really cute. Yeah. So it's not just selling. He actually talked to each person, investing in his work, and then learning more about them. And I think that helps him create more. And it's perfect since we live in an age that is like, information and education is just so accessible these days that yeah. for me, like, it's so much easier for me to learn from doing my own research just on the internet. 
you know? It's so easy to learn They're anything. They're online colleges days. now for yeah, free. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so, like, you know, today is the best time to start. Don't ever limit yourself in whatever you're doing. And if you want to try something new, why go stop yourself? Yeah, go yeah. for it. Go for it. Okay, with like everything said like that, now that we've mentioned all of the things, we've covered so much ground. We've covered your art, everyone else's art. We've covered the environment, where we're headed, where you're headed. We've talked about our Onyxia raid wipes. We've talked about Ice Howl hitting your ice block ice and block. proceeding to kill all of us. Okay, now that we've talked about all of that, we're talking about Final Fantasy. Okay, I'm rambling again. Okay. Um, Xenogears. <laughs> Xenogears, yeah. Is there anything you want to plug? Now that we've talked about this, I'm sure like some people might want to get in touch with you, might want to check out your work. I mean, me personally, for sure, I'm going to link to your work. Like, I love how your paintings look. But for any of our listeners out there, is there any way for them to get in touch with you? That kind of stuff? Yeah. Uh, my website is still under renovation, but I think it's still going to be www.stainedpaper.me. And... Stainedpaper.me. Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, I like dirty stuff. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I remember your college graduation photo. You like messy things. Yeah. That, that was me spreading paint on the floor. And drinking a paint can. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Instagram, also stained paper. Twitter, also stained paper. Facebook, I don't have a page, but you can just add me up. You know, Isabel Francisco. Oh, wow, That's really? Fine. Your yeah. private account? Well, you know, <laughs> everything there is public. Okay. Anything private, I don't bother putting on the internet. That's that's really... Oh, yeah, yeah That's yeah, not a yeah. good idea, guys. That's something not everyone really like even this. even you know uh, this is what we learned from corporate even if you put it on locked or friends or on it's private it's still out there yeah, yeah it's still out sure. there and people are going to find out eventually sometimes I mean, sooner than you would expect I mean just <laughs> as another tangent like I recently came to the realization because I just came back from my trip right I just came from like New York and like Europe stuff like that I was taking a picture of one of my airplane tickets and then I came to the realization that this plane ticket has QR codes and shit like that and I'm like it's a good thing I'm not posting this online and like I just thought like we tend to put so much of ourselves online that we don't think of ourselves anymore oh yeah, my god yeah there are articles warning people already do not post your tickets on social media <laughs> okay we're getting on a tangent again okay so we've covered um, your website your Instagram your Facebook profile is there anything else yeah uh, yeah that's pretty much it I'll just announce on social media when my website is back up okay that sounds pretty cool okay um, thank you for taking your time to come all the way here to the port when like it's a payday Friday and like for sure traffic mamaya and like all of the people are going to the cemeteries and stuff like that thank you so much for spending the time to talk with me I think we've known each other for six years and like I think I learned slightly more about what you do and like slightly more about what you stand for and like I really appreciate that thanks I hope some of it made sense no 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 (laughs) dude like okay I don't know (laughs) to me it made sense I hope to our listeners it made sense too and I hope like that everything we said right now like I hope the listeners like take away something from it that we're in a good place yeah yeah me too (laughs) (laughs) okay 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 thanks again oh wow I forgot to mention that we were having coffee right 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 oh yeah you mentioned it earlier did I? yeah during the first half of the oh really? okay yeah 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 yeah. we're having like cold brew coffee from Luna downstairs Uh, right in high street right 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 well yeah I think we're done thanks Isa thanks thank you no problem And that was another episode of A Meal in the Morning at Night. Follow our Facebook page at facebook.com slash a meal in the morning at night for announcements on when the next episode is out. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can reach us at at Emil Tang on Twitter. That's at E-M-I-L-E-T-A-N-G. And if you'd like to send us an email, you can send it over to emilinthemorning at gmail.com. 
Once again, thank you to everyone for joining us for another episode of A Meal in the Morning at Night. And if you're like me, thank you for starting your day with us this fine evening. And to the rest of you people out there, a good night.